Hey listeners, the Culture Commentary Podcast is intended for mature audiences and may contain language or subject matter that is sensitive to some listeners. Please be advised and thank you for listening. Here we go. What's up, y'all? It's your girl, the Culture Queen, back like I never left. Welcome back to another episode. Um, You know that it's been a while. I don't need to tell you that. You know me well enough to know by now that if I am knocking the dust off of this microphone, it's because I got some things on my mind and some things to say. I'm going to warn you right now. You're probably going to notice throughout this episode that my tone is a little different than what you've heard before. That's because, baby, we in a season of liberation. I don't feel the need to over-enunciate anymore. I don't feel the need to overdo it. There will be times when I want to sound scholarly and I will do so but there will also be times where y'all hear me sound a little more like myself um that said I want to give you the fair warning this is not an episode for children I have my little outline ready to go here um but I'm going to be speaking from the heart I'm going to be speaking my mind today and so I'm liable to slip in some choice words um throughout all right this is gonna be peppered like your mama's favorite gumbo so if there's kids in the room you might want to go ahead and push the pause button and come back to this when they're asleep at playtime or whatever parentals if you're listening i love you this episode is not for you please see your way out anyone who i look up to like a parental love you um but unless you can separate your ears from hearing christian the young person that you know and love and the culture queen i need you to see your way out too Love y'all. Appreciate your support, but just keeping it all the way real. So, y'all, so much has happened since I last made an episode. Like, so many life things. Um, I haven't even looked back to see the timestamps for my last episodes. I just know it's been a grip. But, like I said, there is just so much going on in the world. Per usual, there's always a lot going on, but there's just... This is stuff weighing heavily on my mind that I feel the need to talk about. Um, And talking to one of my closest friends recently, he's like, girl, you telling me all your thoughts. But this is content. So why aren't we making content? And he's really been on my ass a lot lately about why why I haven't been making content. And I'm given every excuse in the book, which really, you know, he's unbothered by. It really isn't a good excuse. Um, But I'm here now. That's what matters. And so... I'm going to give y'all an update on just where I am in life right now, what's been going on, what I've been feeling. Um, Later on, I'm going to get into some stuff that's been on my mind, specifically some stuff that I'm quite frankly just sick and tired of being sick and tired of. Um, And then I'm going to end it out with just some sage words of advice, hopefully some encouragement. And, you know, you know how we do. We always try to end on a semi-positive note i'm gonna try to leave you with a nugget of something it might not be a full eight count from chick-fil-a but i'm gonna try to leave you some scraps of something that you can take with you into your own journey all right so here we go so first and foremost let's acknowledge it girls 2022 uh child i feel like the last time i recorded an episode i was still in my original podcast studio my original home office at my other apartment (laughs) um which I have been out of for a clean six months now (laughs) um can't even tell you like I didn't even bother to go back and see if my last episode was in 2022 at all I feel like it was at the very beginning but nevertheless I'm just gonna jump in right here at midnight at the end of September and just kind of get y'all up to speed on what this year has been like for me Um, If I could assign or describe this year in one word, I would say that 2022 thus far has truly been a year of liberation for me in so many different ways. Um, Like I said, I moved out of my first apartment, my first adult apartment into my current space. Um, That was a move up. It was like a blessing in disguise. It was unplanned. It was rooted in some Uh, scary traumatic stuff that happens but thankfully I was able to get up get gone and um, be much safer in a much more comfortable place that I'm really loving and enjoying that makes me feel comfortable that feels like home um all the things right I moved on up like the Jeffersons so to speak in a certain regard and I'm I'm really just enjoying that in and of itself another place of liberation this year has been travel when I look back on the last 12 months 
I realized that I have traveled so much. And granted, all of it has been domestic. Um, some people will look at you sideways because, no, I haven't had my passport stamped. But I, I still have been around. And I've been outside of my hometown, outside of the city where I'm based. Um, I've seen some things, seen some people, met great people, tried new things that I hadn't tried before. And that in, in and of itself is just so freeing. Like, I've had my first solo trip ever in life. A few weeks back, I was off work. I was stressed at work. My boss, like, I, I was to the point, y'all, where my code switching that has already dwindled significantly in the pandemic and after the pandemic was even more non-existent. Like, I got to this one particular Friday after a really hard week, and my manager asked me if I was okay because I didn't sound well. And I told him quite frankly that I was fine, but it had been very hard to keep showing up to work that week. And I know that the Generation X listeners just clutched their pearls and gasped for air. Like, how dare you tell your manager that? Do you still have a job? I absolutely do. Um, I try not to talk to people crazy, but I was just real, real with him that it had been a crazy week and it didn't have to be a crazy week, but due to decisions around me and my coworkers that were partnering on a project, um, that those decisions external to us had a huge impact on us and it made things a lot more chaotic than they needed to be. After that, he recommended that I take some time off because it had been far too long and my PTO bank being swole like everybody else on the team. And I hit him with the, is there any week that you don't want me to take off? Okay, great. Then I'll be sending you an, something on the calendar here in a few minutes. And literally, y'all, I was already partially off the following week. I went on ahead and took um, the whole thing. By that Tuesday, I'm checking in with my mom. She's like why are you in the bed at 10 a.m. on Tuesday? And I was like, because I'm off work. She's like, oh, you didn't tell me you were off. I was like, yeah, I'm off all week. And she's like, well, why are you here? You need to go somewhere. Go somewhere and treat yourself for a few days. And for the first time in my life, y'all, I was like, you know what? You're right. I should. So what did I do? I booked a ticket to Charlotte, North Carolina that morning. And the following morning, I was on the first plane out of my city. And uh, I landed in Charlotte before 10 a.m. <laughs> and I spent four days there. And it was the most liberating, most freeing, most joyful four days that I have experienced in such a long time. I, for the first time in a very long time, I wasn't nobody's daughter or niece or grandchild or caregiver or sister or, or soror or friend. I was just me. I got four days to sit by myself to call all the shots on what I wanted to do without having to think about any other obligation, without having to think about what destination I was going to have to make sure I hit after I had my fun. I just literally got to choose to have a good ass time. And there is so much power in that that I didn't realize until it was unfolding. Um, girl, I took myself on a shopping spree at the most phenomenal plus size boutique which is also black woman owned that I have ever been to shout out to juicy body goddess in Charlotte, North Carolina. If you ain't been, you gotta go. You might've seen her on TikTok. That's how I first learned about her shop. Um, her slogan is welcome to juicy body goddess where you gotta be too something to do something. And I want to give a personal shout out to Miss summer Lucille for making my trip an amazing time just with her talent with the space that she has curated for fat girls so that we can feel beautiful, so that we can play with colors, so that we can have a pretty woman experience. Like Julia Roberts, when she went and told that bitch, you work on commission, right? <laughs> and you wouldn't serve me yesterday? Big mistake. When I say this was the first time, y'all, that I had fit clothes like a glove off the rack, the first time that somebody has told me I have the perfect body for a piece of clothing, child, you cannot buy you cannot buy the feeling of affirmation that comes along with that. And that's something that if you ain't never lived as a plus size person, then you probably, it ain't going to hit for you the same way it's hitting for those who know what that experience is like. But baby, when you spend your life feeling like something's wrong with you, feeling out of place, feeling like you need to go out of your way to make yourself seem smaller, hating the whole act of shopping because things just don't fit right. Because it's just not a fun experience. To have a lifetime of that and then step into a place like Juicy Body Goddess. 
it's indescribable. So that was like the trip itself was super empowering because this was the first time that I've ever picked up and gone somewhere by myself without like family with me or friends, like literally on my own. And that can be intimidating, but maybe I took the jump and I swear to you, I will never look back. I realized how important travel is to me. I've always known that I love travel, but I realize now that it is a necessity for me to recharge and um, experience this world. And y'all, after I've talked to y'all before about how, you know, I grew up feeling like I had to be uber responsible. I had to grow up really fast just because of some of the circumstances around me. Um, I went and traded for the world. But at age 27, going on 28, I have really used this year to take a deep look into myself and realize that, one, I have been taking care of other people for most of my life. From the time that I was an age where really I still needed care, <laughs> I was already caring for other people. And that is why I have felt so tired and burnt out and semi-unfulfilled these last couple of years. Is because I've been pouring into a lot of other people and things and not pouring into myself. And even when I've got myself on this microphone or written on the blog about the importance of pouring into yourself, the reality is that I haven't always followed that same direction. This year I've tried to do better about that and that charlotte trip was truly life-changing like some of y'all might be wondering girl of all places you could have went you went to charlotte north carolina i surely did and i had a blast took myself shopping like i said tried some amazing food went and saw all the places that i wanted to see um i don't feel like i was a tourist there i feel like i actually saw the full city child i touched down rented me a little car and when i say that me and that little nissan altima was whipping it all over the city of Charlotte and the suburbs, we was everywhere. I didn't just see downtown. I feel like I really got a chance to see where the people are, how the people live. Um, and I, I was here for it. It was lit. It was lit. Made it real about it and everything. Um, some other ways that I've been achieving liberation this year is just, and it goes along with what I was just talking about, freeing myself mentally. Freeing myself from the mental constraints that I have placed on myself um, even some of the constraints that I absorbed as a result of projection from others, um, usually, you know, unintentionally, but it happens, you know, this, the, the fear of letting myself do certain things, the fear of letting myself have a certain level of fun or have a certain level of freedom, the fear of being frivolous because I felt an obligation to be so responsible and have my shit together for multiple reasons. I've let myself be young this year. I have let myself be a 20 something. Child, I started a year ago. I was basically debt free and we not debt free no more. And while I am reevaluating some things so that we can go back to being debt free, I have had a good time. And I have really realized that, yes, being responsible, being um, financially secure is very important. You shouldn't go so crazy that you compromise those things, especially in this economy, in this world. But at the same time, living your life and having certain experiences is truly priceless. You can't put a price tag on joy. You can't put a price tag on seeing the world. You can't put a price tag on the warm and fuzzy feeling you get from loving on yourself. And I will never, ever go back to feeling like I have to choose responsibility or fun. Instead, from here on out, I have chosen, made the executive decision that I'm going to do my best to try to strike a balance between the two. Because each and every one of us deserves both. Yes, it's important to work hard. Yes, it's important to have goals. But if you are only solely focused on those things, plus caring on other people, plus pouring into other people and trying to give them the love that you really want to give to yourself and feel yourself, you are going to leave empty handed and you are going to look back on your life with so much regret. And I'm so grateful to God that I woke up at age 27 and decided to try something different. And I didn't end up 57 in that same space. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure that y'all get it. <laughs> Along with freeing my mind, y'all, I've also been freeing my body. So I talked to you about my shopping experience. I bought clothes at that store that I never would have considered buying not so long ago. Clothes that actually show skin. Clothes that actually hug my curves and show that I do have a little bit of a dip in the hips or whatever. Clothes that are a little bit form-fitting. Things that as a fat girl who grew into a fat woman, I would never have entertain the thought of wearing child i got it and guess what <laughs> i miss lynn and feeling amazing took myself out that weekend also um i went out to i had asked around 
to, um, you know, some of the black women I talked to and was just like, okay, where we be at on Friday nights? Because I'm going to take myself out for a little drink, a little fun. Um, did that. I mean, granted, I realized I'm kind of a square bitch. Like, I ain't trying to just be out here in the club by myself because it's awkward and it's weird. So I had my little two drinks and had my fish and grits and um, because, you know, that's some real black southern shit at the club, some fish and grits. Paid my check and went on by my business around 1130. But nevertheless, I still had fun and I still went out. And so, you know, just I keep saying it. I feel like I'm repeating myself, but just achieving a certain level of mental and physical freedom, like just taking the chains off of yourself and deciding that you're going to live your life and you are going to love the body that you are in. That feeling is unmatched, y'all. Like my friends have noticed. My friends have said, girl, you got this glow about you that we ain't never seen before. And I'm here for that. I appreciate people noticing that. And I also just feel so comfortable and so happy to be in this place. Because when I look back on my life, the the place that I'm in today was so hard fought. Like I had fought through hell and back with my very own thoughts and self to get to the point of being a woman who loves the person she sees in the mirror, a person who accepts the woman that she sees in the mirror instead of you know, hating that image and constantly striving for something else or worrying about what I don't have, what what features I wish I had instead of the ones that I do. No, love yourself. Love the body that you have. And I've learned in all my pursuits and attempts to lose weight, to get healthy, to follow certain trends, to trim down or whatever. I've learned that I'm never going to achieve solace in anybody any version of my body until I learn to love and accept the one that I have today. If I can learn to love and accept myself at my heaviest and start playing in clothes and fashion and stuff like I never had before at my heaviest, baby, if and when I decide to lose some weight, I'm going to be damn unstoppable. Instead of being one of those people who's still stuck in the mindset of being insecure. Like mental fortitude is just something that's so underrated and we don't talk about it a whole lot. Not in the context of what I'm speaking of, um, but I encourage anybody listening, if you are in a similar place or interested in trying to pursue that for yourself, just go for it. Baby, just step out on faith, go for it. Because I promise you that a better, healthier, happier you is on the other side. And yeah, <laughs> I'm looking at my notes. That's basically been, when I talk about 2020 year being the year of liberation, that's basically what I'm talking about. Moving up, travel, freeing myself mentally and physically, achieving self-love and security in new ways. Um, dating was one of my goals this year, and I've really done that. This time last year, I was going off somebody who, you know, good person, didn't really give me the energy that I deserved, definitely wasn't matching my energy. Um, the girl who always said I would never be in a situationship was very much in one, <laughs> very much fully engulfed in one. But, you know, I learned from that experience and I was like, you know what, in 2022, we're going to do better. We're going to go out here. We're going to meet people, try out whatever we want to try out, see how it goes. You know, if it don't succeed, dust yourself out, try again, keep going until something shakes. And through that, I've been able to figure out, you know, maybe I don't want something as serious as I thought I wanted once before. Um, Just really living in the freedom of my 20s. And I'm glad, once again, that I've given myself, I found the courage. I didn't give it to myself. I found the courage to try these things at this age instead of waiting until I was like in my 40s. And <laughs> by then it's frowned upon, not that I would care, but you get the point. You get the point. I am in a really good place. Um, I'm not perfect by any means. Life certainly is not perfect. There is a challenge around every corner. But when I look over this year so far, it has been full of highs, along with, of course, a share of lows. But for the most part, it has been pretty, pretty lit. And I love it here. So some of you are probably thinking by now, okay, girl, that's all well and good. Beautiful gowns. We love to hear that you're doing well. That's great. But what is it that really made you get on this microphone? Because we could have seen the highlight reel on Instagram. And you're right. So we'll get into that. Y'all... My spirit is vexed. First and foremost, before I go into any of the pop culture societal talk, 
I just want to give a major shout out and send major prayers, thoughts, condolences, and all of that. Well wishes to everybody who has been impacted by hurricane season so far. Um, between Puerto Rico, the Dominican Republic, and now Florida and the East Coast that is being pummeled by Hurricane Ian. Ian, um, my thoughts are truly with you guys. If y'all have family in any of those areas, prayers to y'all too, because I can only imagine what it feels like to be worried constantly about whether your people are good, whether they have what they need. I truly hope that everybody impacted by the storms is okay. I truly hope that, you know, everybody receives the aid that they deserve. And if you are of a philanthropic spirit, if you are a generous soul, um, make sure you do your research before you just pour your donations into, you know, certain hot ticket, well-known organizations. Make sure you really look into the areas that you want to um, support and the organizations that have boots on the ground there. To make sure that your money really gets to the people who need it. Okay? Alright. With that said, let's go into the mess. So listen, y'all. Things that the culture queen is sick and tired of. I am sick and tired of the PWI versus HBCU debate. And y'all know where I'm going with this. Anybody who's plugged into Instagram or Twitter. Or even, hell, TV. Because apparently, Sistrin was on um, Jennifer Hudson's show today. Which is really good, by the way. There was a young lady, I believe the school is USC, she goes to a PWI, and she started a majorette dance team at her PWI as a means of creating a space of self-expression, black pride, and appreciation for her culture on her campus for her and young black ladies like her. When I say that y'all niggas have cut the fuck up, cut the fuck up on all the social media sites, come for this young woman's neck. From the right, from the left, from from up, from down. All directions. Y'all just been dogging this young lady. Because she created a majorette team at her school. And I understand. Don't get me wrong. Before you misjudge me, before you jump to trying to cut my head off with hers. Hear me out. I understand the need to gatekeep black culture now more than ever before. I understand more than ever before. And stand affirmed in my belief that don't nobody need an invite to our cookouts. Y'all give those out way too freely. Y'all invite people to consume our culture without appreciating our culture far too often. I should say we, because we, we, we the black people, we the black delegation have to do better about these things. We do have to do a better job of gatekeeping what is ours instead of just giving so freely and teaching so freely um, our customs, our dialects, our style, our culture, <laughs> the things that we set in motion that we get ridiculed for, and then other people come along and do the same things, and suddenly it's a fashion statement, it's marketable, it's profitable, it's all these things. I understand HBCU community, why people want to hold the tradition of majorette dancing so closely in that regard. I do. But what I do not condone, what I do not agree with, what I do not understand is how we can just come at each other's throats over this whole HBCU versus PWY argument. It shouldn't be an argument because I know that from the HBCU side, I've seen people say, why not just go to an HBCU? If you want a black experience, go to a black school. Baby, you can't oversimplify it like that. I know that that sounds good to slide off your tongue. I know that it sounds real cut and dry and black and white. But it's really not. The reality is, HBCUs are not a feasible option for everybody. Some people have made the argument, well, there's an HBCU in just about every southern state or, or you know, there's plenty of options um, in multiple states to choose from. Okay, yes, that's well and good. But... I'm going to talk from my experience. I'm from Kentucky, okay? We have two HBCUs here. We have Simmons College in my hometown, which is faith-based. It's a private school. It is just now in the past few years on the up and up by the grace of God. Shout out to the administration who has made very conscious, continuous efforts to 
you know, strengthen the reputation and the impact, the reach, and the um, even accreditation of that school. Proud of y'all. Happy for y'all. When I was going to school, though, in 2013 and looking for schools in the years prior to that, would have never looked at Simmons College. Even now, the journey that I'm on, the Simmons probably isn't a fit for me. But okay, that's one of the two options here in Kentucky. The other option is Kentucky State University in Frankfort, Kentucky, um, which is the state capital. Kentucky State University, um, I don't I can't tell you the year it was founded. I can tell you that it's been around. I can tell you that the alumni are lit. I can tell you that the people who went to that school love that school down. And I love the unity amongst the K-State thoroughbred community. I love y'all. I love watching y'all go to homecoming every year. I love watching the couples get together under their tents, reminiscing about their days on campus. I love all the love stories that I have observed firsthand and even secondhand that were born on that campus. Beautiful things. I love that for y'all. I love that my state has this institution within it that has provided education for, for black people for as long as it has. But the reality is, when I was going to school, and even today, I don't know that I would choose K-State to go to school. It's not because the vibe ain't right. It's not because the culture isn't there. It most certainly is. But that school has been plagued for years with all types of issues. So for me, as a high school student growing up in Louisville, Kentucky, when I was looking at my options for HBCUs, K-State was never on my trajectory because of a lot of the issues that they've had with corruption, with mismanagement of funds. Hell, the school done almost closed down. I can't tell you how many times in my lifetime alone. And so even like last year, there was a whole thing that we're going through. I ain't heard much about it today, but just craziness all the time. Just a lot of uncertainty, all the things, right? That wasn't an option for me. You might be thinking, okay, well, culture queen, you so, you know, you down for the culture stuff. Why didn't you look at other schools? I did look at other schools. I specifically uh, went to an HBCU showcase that happens in my city every single year. And I applied at Howard University. I applied to Tuskegee University and a few other black schools. I don't come from the Rockefellers. I just told you I'm from Kentucky. Every school I just named and the other ones that, that escaped me at the moment all those schools were out of state, which means that out of state tuition would have been what I would have had to pay. When I inquired about financial aid to those schools, it was the offerings were either hella slim or non-existent. Child, I remember getting my acceptance letter from Howard specifically. The tuition was something outrageous. The financial aid that they offer, or at the time, they might not have even offered scholarships to freshmen. I don't remember how it went, but I know that there was a huge disparity between <laughs> the balance to go there and what they were offering me to go there. It was like nothing, sis. And so that's just my experience, yes. But my experience is not as uncommon as y'all think. There are a lot of folks who may be interested in HBCUs. They can't afford to go to HBCUs because their family and their situation doesn't afford them the opportunity or the funds available to go to an out-of-state institution like that. And then I'll also be quite frank and transparent. I was interested in HBCUs when I was going off to college, but in 2013, they were not as praised as they are now. And I have been very happy these past 10 years to see people... Um, you know, bringing more attention and positive attention to HBCU life, culture, and education to the fact that as a black student, it is, those campuses are unique places for us to thrive and learn about ourselves and grow a sense of security in ourselves that is independent of the white gaze and white doubt. That is very important. That is huge. That is impactful. And that pays off in dividends for every student who experiences it. I'm sure and I truly believe that. But if I came up in a time where I was advised and didn't know any better than to go along with this advice, that certain schools' names would look better on my diploma when I finished school than others, it's just the realities that some of us had to face. That's my point. Like, the HBC folks, I understand y'all frustration, I do. But I don't understand the way that y'all are coming for this young lady for starting this team um, and how it has sparked... Once again, this huge debate about 
why black people who go to PWIs are less than black people who go to HBCUs. Why can't we just all be educated and black? Because at the end of the day, all of us are, are, I don't want to say that we're all struggling, but we all do have the collective struggle, social struggle of being black, regardless of your level of economic struggle or educational struggle. There's a lot of nuances in the black experience. We know this. This is not a foreign concept to any of us who have lived it. You know, not all of us start off in the ghetto. Not all of us start off middle class. Not all of us start off as the Huxtables. But we will never, none of us will have an easy experience just because of what color we are and what texture our hair is, right? I just really get frustrated with the fact that we face all of that together, no matter what school we chose, we choose to go to. No matter what school ends up fitting the profile of our life or the choices that we have in front of us. We choose our school, we go to it, we make the best of it one way or the other. And then a few years later, we find ourselves on Twitter and on Instagram telling other black people that they're not black enough because they didn't choose the same thing that we did. Or, you know, in my case, because I'm a PWI graduate, having to defend the fact that I am just as valid as an educated black person as somebody who went to a coveted HBCU. And that I always have had respect for HBCUs, but that just wasn't an option for me. Nobody should have to defend their blackness to another black person. I just think it's asinine and it's stupid. And it does not reflect well on any of us to be having this debate. And the fact that this debate comes up once a year, it seems like, or once every couple years, it's just stupid. Like, y'all be on here big mad, typing with your whole chest about... Why your HBCU is shitting on PWIs? And it probably is. Socially, probably so. <laughs> I'm going to give that to you. I ain't even going to cap. I ain't even going to lie. But it's just very dismissive of the fact that black students who go to PWIs, they don't have it easy. And that's not necessarily an easy choice for everybody to make. It's not. And baby, PWIs have their own set of issues too, which I know some of the HBCU folks don't want to hear nothing about that. Because their go-to response sometimes is, well, that's all the more reason why you should have been over here with us. Again, we are all, our, our, our choice of school is a result of the choices in front of us, the circumstances we are born into and we live within. And I ain't going to knock nobody for making a choice to go to one school versus the other. Everybody has to school, choose the educational path that makes sense for them. But we shouldn't condemn each other for that choice. We shouldn't. I don't care how you twist it. Like, even in trying to safeguard major ed culture, I mean, the girl, from what I understand, the girl isn't acting like she created major ed tradition. She's not trying to act like she's the first major ed, black major ed, um, outside of PW, I mean, excuse me, HBCU culture. Like, it seems like she was trying to be tact tactful, respectful, and all of that. And people have just come at her all types of crazy. And I just think that that's unfortunate. Because at the end of the day, we all black people trying to win. We're all black people trying to advance, uplift ourselves, our legacies, our family, and each other along the way. And how can we claim to want to do that while tearing the system down? I get the need for balance. I get the need for gatekeeping. But even in talking, having a conversation about gatekeeping our customs and our art forms... We should never be out here tearing down one of our own, especially so publicly. I just think, I think it's sad and it's a shame. But y'all feel free to chime in <laughs> on your thoughts, um, both in the comments on this episode. Um, hit me up on social media. Tell me what you think. I'll share your responses. We can have a dialogue. But personally, I'm sick of it. And I don't think it's cool. So what else is on my nerves? Dating. Dating is on my last nerve, y'all. On my last nerve. And I know some of y'all are like, well, hold on, bitch. Didn't you just say that you've been enjoying dating and getting to know people just a few minutes ago? I did. I did. But the shit is still on my nerves. You know why? I am. I, I've always understood that I'm a different type of young black woman. I've always been a different type of black woman. I, my soul is old as hell. Y'all know from listening to this damn show. 
I'm in my late 20s and I sound like I'm 45 a lot of the time. And that's because I grew up around my aunties, my grannies, and a lot of older people. So I'm just an old ass lady at heart. And I'm fine with that. I am content and secure in that. <laughs> but when it comes to dating, it poses, it, it creates a challenge, right? Because sometimes I find myself attracted to men who are a little bit older than me. Because, okay, my intellect and my maturity more closely matches theirs until it doesn't. Because some of y'all old niggas still be on that young bullshit. But I'm going to leave y'all alone. I'm going to just throw that there and sit it. And then, you know, dealing with younger men or men closer to my age, it's just like, oh, Jesus. Y'all just, child, you had what for dinner? Frozen peas and sweet potato fries and, and what? And you didn't season it? And you got two pots? And I mean, like, it, it's just... <laughs> It's it's a it's a different struggle, you know. Either they just don't be on the, the maturity kick, or it, I don't know. It's a lot of give and take. It's a lot. It's just a lot. I. I, th- I think that I have learned this year in my experiences with dating a couple different people. Um, and you know those things, those situations, and partnerships ending. However, they did. I ain't gonna say partnerships because I ain't been like official with nobody, but just dating around. Like, that is a po- important part of young adulthood. It is a valid part of young adulthood. Everybody needs to go through that. Everybody deserves to go through that. I truly believe that you won't really understand, know, and be comfortable with uh, with knowing what it is that you want from someone and what you're really seeking out of a love um, unless you date around a little bit. You're going to have some ups. You're going to have some downs. You're going to have some successes. And you're going to have some failures. And a whole lot of mess in between. <laughs> But it's necessary. So overall, my Yelp review of the whole dating thing is that it's fun, but it's also ghetto as fuck. It just is. Like, there is a duality to dating. And for me, um, a person who protects her peace, a person who is comfortable with solitude, but still wants companionship, a person who is very aware that I don't need a man in terms of survival. Like, I am capable of paying my bills and caring for myself. But I would like companionship and partnership and love. Um, the push and pull of that can be a lot sometimes to figure out and try to navigate through. And then also I have learned that I get very impatient with the unpredictability of dating. I get very impatient with all the feelings. <laughs> Um, there was a person I was dealing with at one point, cared a lot about them and, you know, they claimed to care about me. They claimed we had mutual feelings and shit, but their effort never really matched that. And then when my COVID streak ended in July and I finally caught it after two years, um, you know, this person was in the, in the group of people that I told first, like, you know, the people that I care about a lot that I wanted to know and that I knew, you know, cared about me a lot. And then I didn't hear from this person, right? So I kind of like fell all the way back after that. And it sent me into this spiral of just grappling with all these feelings and emotions. Like the day that I told this person I was leaving them alone for a while, I swear to you, I went through all the emotions of the Lemonade album. (laughs) In in like the day. I, I cried. There were times when I just wanted to lay there and be just sat and pissed off then there was the times that I was just 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 all the way livid like who the fuck do you think I am (laughs) you you ain't messing with no average bitch boy (laughs) y'all know the rest of the lyrics anyway went through the full lemonade album of emotions and then spent time being mad at that person but then that was short-lived because after that I was mad at myself and I really forced myself to sit in my own stuff and figure out like, okay, so why did I tolerate such a lack of effort on their part for so long? And why, why did I allow and overlook as much as I did? Why was I so nice when I should have been raising hell and when I would have been raising hell with anybody else? What was it about this person that made me act different in this way? The power, the good thing in that whole internal dialogue is that it awakened me in a way that like 
I will never quiet myself or minimize myself for anybody ever again. And that's not even that this person asked me to do that or, you know, they didn't have any quote unquote red flags, you know, making me stifle my voice. I just, I don't know. I was extra soft on this person. And it taught me a lot of just about how I deal with men. Um, it taught me that I had a lot of growing to do, which is part of the reason why I jumped back into dating too. Like, not to say I jumped back into it, but just, you know, like testing the waters, um, trying to get a little more experience under my belt because it was necessary. It was needed. But even now, <laughs> even now that I'm past all that and I've been out here having a good time, I still find myself getting frustrated <laughs> with with the feelings. Like, you know, you might be dating somebody. Y'all might start off like, you know, oh, we'll just see how it goes. You might start to have a few feelings. And I'm a transparent bitch. I'm the type, I don't want you to waste your time. I don't want to waste my time. And I'm also not going to sit up and let myself catch feelings if we're not on the same page of wanting the same thing. So I'm going to ask those, like, tough questions. I'm not asking what are we, but I'm asking you what you want. Do you want this to turn into something else or no? Are you comfortable where we at? Do you want to just be friends with benefits? Do you want to just keep it casual? Do you want to, you know, see if it goes to the more serious end? What do you want? I'm not looking for a certain answer. I just need you to tell me where your head's at so that I know how to act and respond accordingly. Because I ain't trying to be out here feeling more than you feeling, fam. Like, it's not even a, um arrogant thing. It's just a matter of fact. Like, I don't want to set myself up to be in a situation where my feelings is up here and yours is real level down here. <laughs> so, um, I often feel like the Grinch, specifically the Jim Carrey Grinch. Y'all remember at the end of the Grinch movie when he, his heart grows like three sizes bigger. He's finally feeling love and emotions. And he looks at his dog and he says, Max, I'm feeling. That's how, and he's like clutching his chest like he's having a heart attack. That's how I be feeling sometimes. Because <laughs> sometimes, like, I just, I am not an overly anxious person by nature. I think it's because I come from a lot of anxious people who have big reactions to small things. So I am pretty easygoing for the most part. I tend to be pretty level-headed. But, I don't know, the unpredictability of dating sometimes just makes me feel, I don't know what word to use for it. It's just uncertain and I don't feel like I'm on level ground and it's just my time and my energy is so precious to me and I take that seriously and I'm very selective about who gets my time and attention who I lend those things to and so I sometimes feel like when things go sour or things don't turn out how you hoped or things just you know fizzle off um, cause I'm also not for the streets. Even when I jokingly be like, you know, I'm going to start a whole face. I'm not really for these streets. There's too much going on. I'm not trying to catch no pocket monkeys, chicken or nothing else. Um, I'm not about that life. There's too much stuff out here. Cause people don't be trying to cover up the, the private parts and be clean and safe. It's, it's too much going on. So I'm not for the streets either. And that's another layer of it. Um, so I just be feeling like, what the hell am I doing? Like, I'm out here trying to date and not really getting a return on the investment of my time and energy. And then you got me feeling all these big feelings, too. Or, you know, so well, sometimes, because not everybody. And then I'm an impulsive-ass Sagittarius. So sometimes, like, when things matter to me, they matter to me. Like, since the bar is in hell for men, uh, for the most part, you know, acts of kindness go a long way for me. You know, offering to help me, especially as a woman who struggles with asking for help. Um, if you just offer to, you know, help me with some shit or look out for me or, you know, go out of your way to be a good, decent human being and a world full of men that are not decent human beings. It, it, it's nice. It's nice to feel. And it's like, huh, this is cute or whatever. I might be able to get used to this. And then something happens to where I'm not going to need to get used to it. And I'm just like, well, damn, we at square one again. It just, <laughs> and I don't know, I probably sound like I'm all over the place. But that's kind of how it fe how dating has felt at different points. Um, it does feel like it's all over the place. It's fun sometimes. It's frustrating other times. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess ultimately, like, I'm glad that I'm doing it. I It has definitely been a boost to my confidence. Um, 
the young woman that I was a year ago. Like, I was confident in every area of my life except for my dealings with men. And I've done a whole 180 since then. Like, I'm very sure of myself, very comfortable. I'm not trying to, like I said, um, soften or shrink my voice down for the, to give nobody the benefit of the doubt. Like, we gonna talk, we gonna, I'm gonna shoot it to you straight. <laughs> I'm gonna ask you the questions that need to be asked if you can't answer them by. Or if you choose not to answer by. But, you know, lessons learned overall. Dating is a process um, for all of us. The dating pool still has pee in it and several other substances that are unidentified. I'm going to just try to keep on trucking. While reminding myself that this is a journey, that there is value in it, and that every seeming failure, there's a lesson in it. That goes for life, but that goes for dating too. And just like when you are searching for a job, which I've also been doing for a while. <laughs> but anyway, when you're searching for a job and you feel like you've been interviewing and interviewing and interviewing. And it doesn't make sense why you're not getting a call back until you do finally get that call back. And all the rest of those hurdles make sense suddenly. I feel like that's going to be the same thing with dating. So for my fellow singles out there, stay strong. Try to... Join me in reminding yourself and myself that it's not a waste of time, that there is value in the experience of it all, that there is value in the fun of it all. And yeah, treat yourself in between. All right, y'all, I got a few more notes to get through, but I'm going to try to condense these down real quick because we ain't going to be here all day. Um, And, I, and I'm and i not trying to be here all night either. <laughs> Other things that I'm tired of, niggas with podcasts. I am so tired. I'm as tired of men with podcasts as I am with people with crayons who make R.I.P. posters with Kobe and Maya Angelou and Martin Luther King and Harriet Tubman and Nipsey Hussle all in the same all in the same image. Like my frustration with the men with podcasts is up there with the Instagram artists who do that shit. Um, I'm so tired of the debate about dating and about women not being submissive and women with minds and knowledge and intellect being too masculine. And what do you bring to the table? Meanwhile, half y'all niggas can't even spell table. Just learn how to use a table. Just learn how to sit up straight at the table. Probably still can't tell me what the silverware on the table means, what it's used for, what course it corresponds with. Nevertheless, and damn sure can't build one. Because, <laughs> listen, in the same way that the millennial woman is career focused and ain't out here interested in only taking care of y'all bald-headed babies and cleaning your house, uh, y'all ain't interested in fiction shit. We all got to call AAA and a plumber and a mechanic. Unless, unless you get you a country boy. Maybe that's it, y'all. Maybe I just need to go to the country and find one of the black men on TikTok to be riding horses. Maybe that's the solution to this all. Nevertheless, I'm tired of the men with microphones who don't know what they're talking about. I feel like T.I. has empowered some of y'all to learn big words, a few select big words from the dictionary. And now y'all think that y'all are really intellectuals. And I'm not trying to knock nobody all black people are beautiful and all black people have the potential to be educated individuals who are well-spoken and eloquent and all of those things. But some of y'all are trying to fake it till you make it. And now y'all got followings of people who are also not all the way there. And your use of a couple multi-syllable words has people thinking that you are really James Baldwin. And baby, you're not. You're not. You sound silly. And you sound emotionally unintelligent. And you sound... Like, you need some therapy. And, like, you might have some mommy issues that you're taking out on all these women. Or even issues with that one black woman who broke your heart. And now you labeling all black women as demons. Like, not to say that black women don't do it, too. Some people do. But we're not. I'm, just, I'm tired of the dating debates. I just, I really am. And if another man asks me if I'm submissive, I swear I'm going to cuss somebody out. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time. But, sir, are you worthy of my submission is the question. Because some of y'all have the game all fucked up. See, this is why I told y'all to tell my parents to get off here. Some of y'all got the game all messed up. Submission is an exchange. Submission is an exchange. I'm going to say it once. I'm going to say it again. In sex, in life, in relationships, submission is an exchange. Submission is something to be earned. It is not a baseline thing that you are entitled to. 
I am a I am one of the most headstrong women. I will give a nigga hell. And any man that has dealt with me knows this. There is going I've always it's gonna take a special man to be my husband, and I know that. Just like the women before me, it takes a special man to handle us and be with us and be secure in himself while being with us. I know this. That's probably why I'm going through some of the hurdles I'm going through now, because it's gonna take a while to find them. But for the right man that gives me something to submit to, for the might right man, for the right man that knows how to lead, for the right man who knows about finances and paying bills, for the right man who knows about being a provider and building a household with me as his partner and not as his doormat, for the right man who makes me feel comfortable and safe to be my full self, to let him see my scars and kiss them and make them better. That's the man. That's the man that every woman, in my opinion, even the most headstrong of us, that is what we are looking for. We not just submitting to any and everything willy-nilly. And, and some of y'all also got the game messed up because your daddies and your uncles and the niggas at the barbershop got you thinking that submission is obedience. They are not synonymous. They are not synonymous. I am not about to follow you around like a puppy dog and call it submission. No, that's not what that is. Submission is... If you believe in, in, in the Bible, if you believe in God, there's there's guidelines in the good book to, to show you what healthy submission looks like. But it is not blind obsession. It is not blind obedience. It is partnership. It is working together. It is mutual respect. It is mutual, having a regard for each other's physical, mental, and emotional safety. It is support. It is love that is unconditional. And I ain't trying to preach on a soapbox today, but like... Again, dating, I've seen a lot already. Um, I have definitely made up for lost time <laughs> in the time that I've been dabbling in it um, all year long. And even, you know, the, these last couple of years, done seen some shit, done, done experienced some shit, done had many conversations. And some of y'all just got it messed up. And I really need y'all to crack open a book. I really need y'all to go get some therapy, women included. I really need us as black people who seek to love each other to heal ourselves from within so that we can try to heal each other and mend some of these broken bonds between ourselves. Like, way back on the plantation, they took very conscious steps to divide us. And I see more and more and more every single day that those efforts were successful and that we are still trying to break ourselves free of some of the madness and the ramifications that are long-term from those days. But I want y'all to know, black men, even when I have an issue with some of your brethren, I love y'all. Black women, I love us deep, in the words of Beyonce. I love us so deep. I love black people. And I hope that even in my complaints and my quips, I hope that y'all never lose sight of the fact that I do still love us. And that's part of the reason why I go so hard to be this authentic and really speak my mind in this way. It's not to come at nobody. It's to make us better. Like my prayer and my hope is that one day, one day my voice will be amongst those that made y'all think, that made us, our people think. If I can make one person think and just, you know, reconsider some things and just give themselves the option and the freedom to maybe think outside of the box that they've always thought within. Maybe try something differently or just consider what I have to say. I will feel good. And, and that's really what this is all about. The last thing y'all that I'm tired of is these badass kids and the badass kitty ass adults raising them. Child, within the first few days of school starting here, we had this parent jump on the bus over, like, cussing out the kids on the bus, trying to come for one little girl on the bus who he claimed hit his child when his child was actually the damn aggressor and the other child was really uh, defending herself. Some of y'all just out here wilding. Like, I saw on TikTok today um, a teacher, I don't even know what, what city or school she's in, but... A student, an 11-year-old student at her middle school stole her car keys and commenced to stealing her car. And this child posed for pictures with guns, like sophisticated-ass guns. Like, I ain't talking about no damn nine. I'm talking like some gah, 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 gah. <laughs> so He out here posing with real shit, okay? And then 
Not only did this child steal her car, they didn't locate the car until like 11 p.m. The child's father posted just today on Instagram a picture of the kid sitting in the driver's seat of a car. I don't know if it's the ladies with a gun talking about some happy National Sunday to my my seed, my, my firstborn. I'm so proud. I love you, blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, sir, your child is out here being a whole delinquent. And you out here just a proud pappy, peacock proud at the bullshit. And that tells me everything I need to know. Parents, black people with children, we got to do better. I shouldn't say we because my child has fur. But <laughs> my child has fur. So I can't relate to having human children, of course. Um, but even from having younger siblings, being the oldest sibling by a lot, to the point that I feel like a second parent to my youngest sibling who just turned 10. Okay. I understand the seriousness and the and the deep the depth of responsibility that comes along with being charged to care for a human life, to bring it up, and to try to make it into a productive citizen, right? I understand that there are all types of nuances in this life and this black experience that shape how people approach parenthood. There are all types of nuances around people's own experience with their parents that shape what kinds of parents they're going to end up being. But y'all, as I said during Bonnet Gate last year, and as I have said so many times before, as Medea said tonight at my granny's house when we was watching Medea goes to jail, at some point you have to start stop pointing the finger at everybody else. And stop pointing the finger at everybody who did you wrong, everybody who taught you the wrong things, everybody who didn't exemplify for you what a parent is supposed to be. And at some point you have to choose better for yourself and for your children and your legacy. It disheartens me so much on a day-to-day -day basis when I get online and I just see the intellect of my people degrading, deteriorating more and more every day. I see the way that we interact with each other getting more and more negative all the time. And even though I try my best to curate my feeds with images of black positivity and success and love and friendship and joy, the way that we interact with each other is just so, so sad now. Like, everybody's just coming for everybody. Everybody is just always on the defense and ready to fight or argue or cuss and scream and 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 fight and hell if you out here physically niggas don't even want to fucking fight no more they want to shoot you to death over some dumb shit it's just so much going on we got to do better y'all and it starts at home with these kids we can't expect more from our children than what we are exemplifying for them if i'm out here and i'm saying this as a person who is pro-cannabis okay if I'm out here and all my child sees of me is me smoking blunts in my bonnet or just not taking care of myself mentally or physically, um, not making any strides to do any better or show them better, not making any strides to expose them to things outside of our backyard, even if we ain't got it like that. Like, because trust me, I don't live all, all types of uh, tax brackets. So I'm not speaking from the outside in. I'm speaking from experience. Like, I know what it's like to struggle. Granted, everybody's struggling the same, but I know what it's like to be in a low-income household that requires free and reduced lunch and that being in a situation where your parent needs help with certain things. I know what that's like. But even still, I'm so grateful in my adulthood, and I've told my mama this so many times, I'm so grateful that she never gave up. I'm so grateful that even in her own struggles and challenges she always made space and time to show me something different she always made space and time to pour into me to remind me that i am worthy of anything that i set my mind to, to pursuing that i am capable of anything that i set my mind to she poured into me these affirmations that carry me on today and my heart hurts so bad for the kids who don't do that my mama taught me that to be a black woman is to carry yourself with a certain level of grace. To be a black woman is to be prepared to take a whole lot of shit and work through a whole lot of hell and have to keep your head up regardless. But there is strength in that grace. My mama taught me about being a respectable person, treating people with kindness and love off top until they give you a reason not to. And in the event that it gets so bad that you got to defend yourself, she equipped me with that too.
But to just have children and not pour any of that into them, I don't understand it. And I get it. It's probably me speaking from a point of privilege because I did have those things. And what I didn't get at home, I was able to pick and choose what I wanted to take from friends. And, you know, talking through their upbringings and those relationships. Everybody doesn't get that opportunity. And I fully acknowledge that. But what I'm saying is that any parent under the sound of my voice, anybody who got a cousin who's out here not doing their kids right, or an auntie who could be doing better, or even your own mama and daddy could be doing better with your little siblings, be the person who steps in to bridge that gap for those kids because our youth need guidance. Our youth need structure. And it is very troubling to me that I'm watching us go from a dignified people who don't let others' perceptions and beliefs of, of us define who we are to one where we're playing into those perceptions and beliefs. I don't care about the white gaze. I don't care about white approval. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about self-accountability and having the security of knowing that we're raising up our own to be the best that they can be because I feel like we've fallen short. There are plenty of parents that are on the ball and trying to do it, but there's a whole, whole lot of parents who are not. Some of which are kids themselves trying to raise kids. Some of which are out here being grown and shacking up and getting it in, which I ain't mad at you. Get, get your little dick, get your little puss, do what you need to do. We're very sex positive over here. Live your life and have fun. But also be realistic. Like, be careful. You ain't meant to procreate with everybody. You ain't meant, everybody ain't fit to be a parent. Like, have those real conversations with yourself and your partner. If you find yourself in an unpredictable, unpredicted situation, talk through your options. Because if it don't make sense for y'all to have kids right now, please don't have kids right now. If you can manage to seek other options and give that child a better trajectory or just, you know, end things where they need to end, do what you need to do. Don't have no shame about it. Choose maturity. Choose to get yourself together before you become responsible for getting somebody else together. Because that's not an easy undertaking. And if you start at square zero. And now all of a sudden you, you were struggling yourself. And now you're struggling with a baby under your arm. It's a whole different ball game. It's not impossible to dig yourself out of that hole. It's not impossible to raise an awesome child in, in a tough situation. It's not. But for a lot of folk. A lot of people are not equipped mentally, emotionally and otherwise. To work their way up. And the way that I'm talking about. So, I'm going to stop this there. Um, that's basically what's been on my mind, y'all. <laughs> All that has been going on. That's what made me make this episode. I'm going to close out uh, with a few other thoughts here in a second. Hang tight. Hey, family. If you have enjoyed this episode of Culture Commentary Podcast, um, and you've enjoyed previous episodes, you're glad to see me back. All that shit. Hey, girl. Glad to be here. Um, do me a favor. <laughs> Rate this episode. Leave me some comments. Tell me what you think. If you disagree, let's have a talk. Follow me on Instagram at culturecom underscore pod. I will have it in the description as well. Thank you for tuning in as always. And let's get back to these closing thoughts. I'm one of one. I'm number one. I am the only one. Don't even waste your time trying to compete with me. No one else in this world can think like me. I'm twisted, out-contradicted. I don't know the next part. Something on his lips, I lick it. Unique! That's what you are! Stilettos kicking vintage crystal off the bar. Category, bad. Bitch, I'm the bar. Alien superstar. I'm too sexy for this world. Forever I'm that girl. Okay, I'm going to stop. Listen, y'all know what that's from. Hello, Beehive members. Welcome to the chat. <laughs> Happy to have you as always. Um, I'm going to make a separate episode probably talking about my thoughts on Renaissance. But Renaissance by Beyonce, the album, has been another high point of 2022. I have talked to you all about my journey this year so far. Um... I ain't even gonna lie to y'all and pretend like I got any sort of content schedule in my mind. I'll talk to you when I talk to you. But I just really want y'all to know, if you don't take nothing else from this episode, take from me some of the, the things that Beyonce talks about in that album. 
Um, specifically, what comes to mind is the song Church Girl, which has been one of my favorites since the album dropped. We spent so much time looking around for love that's within us. We look. We spent so much time looking for validation and all these other places when we were born with it. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe she's Maybelline. Baby girl, you have everything that you need. God sent you here with everything that you need to succeed, everything that you need for your assignment, everything that you need to make something of this thing called life. And if you feel stuck, if you feel like you're not living, if you feel sad, if you feel down, if you feel like you want to give up, I implore you to please keep on going. If you feel like you can't keep going, I need you to tap into some mental health resources. I need you to call some some hope lines. I need you to call whatever number you need to call. They even have text options today. My God, shout out to 2022. Um, reach out to whoever you need to reach out to to get the support that you need to keep on going forward. Because baby girl, baby boy, this world needs you. This world needs your voice. This world needs your perspective. You wouldn't have been sitting here if that wasn't the case. I've learned that much and so much more this year. I told y'all 2022 has been the year of liberation for me. And I told you and I promised you that I was going to try to leave you with a piece of that. If you need to be liberated, don't look to no man to liberate you. Don't look to no woman to liberate you. Don't look to your mama, your daddy, your granny, your brothers, your sisters, and nobody else. You got to look within. You got to learn how to liberate yourself. You got to figure out, identify what things you feel like you're lacking and why you feel like you're lacking those things. And make a plan to address them. Because you deserve. You deserve to enjoy life. Everybody. None of us. None of us deserves to just only survive. Everybody deserves to live. And yes, there are always going to be responsibilities and challenges to work through. But you have to balance that. However you can and however often you can. With the things that make you happy. The people that make you happy. And in the words of one of my favorite DJs growing up here in Louisville, Mr. Mark Gunn, if you can't change the people around you, change the people around you. And I would add to it that that goes for things too. Cut off the dead weight. Life is short. If COVID and monkeypox and the seven plagues raging the earth and global warming and climate change ain't taught us nothing else, baby. It is that life is short. Life is worth living. And if you feel like you're stuck in a place where your life ain't worth living, we need to do some work to get you out of that place so that you can join us in the area of liberation. That's it, y'all. I'm going to get on out of here. It's been great talking to you. I miss you. Hit me up anytime. Love y'all. Bye. Hey there, Culture Fam. If you love what you heard today, make sure you rate, comment, and subscribe to the show. Follow me on Instagram at culturedcompod. That's K-U-L-T-U-R-E-D-C-O-M-M underscore P-O-D. Head over to theculturequeen.com to catch up on past blog posts and subscribe there. And for any other suggestions, comments, or inquiries, hit me up at theculturequeen at gmail.com. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Peace, blessings, and love to you all. Stay cultured. Thanks.